Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nomad Strength Show. We are doing a solo episode today, and we are talking about something that I get asked about pretty dang frequently in in DMs and in coaching groups and and all these kind of things, and that is organ meats, and are they worth it? Are they really what people think they are? Um, how do you prepare them? What's the, you know, we're going to, we're going to go over a lot of this stuff. I'm going to point you to some resources also that are way more knowledgeable about these things than I am, because I am just going to be speaking to you today from my personal experience with them, uh, over basically the last like year and a half, uh, and, and give you some of my thoughts and things that have, I've seen with myself and, and how I like to do it. And then I'm going to point you to some people that are that are way more knowledgeable than me on the subject. So that's going to be what we're talking about today. Uh, two things before we get to that. One, if you have not uh, left a review, a, a five-star rating, any of that on whatever platform you listen to, uh, I would really appreciate appreciate uh you doing so every little every little one of those things uh really does help the show continue to grow and uh and it does it does help so thank you for those who have and if you haven't you can scoot on over to wherever you listen and do that on whatever app or, or listening service uh, and then secondly, if you want to support the show a little bit even more, uh, we have a new Patreon and you can go look at the various levels of support and each one of those things will get you uh, more levels of exclusive content. Um, I have a specific or special patron only podcast that I do every week called unplugged. And, uh, that's just another podcast episode that I do, uh, just in there for the patrons. Uh, we're going to start rolling out a lot more content over the course of the next week or so in there as well. There's merch deals. There's, uh, there's all kinds of things. So go in there and check it out. I'll put the link in the show notes. And, uh, that is another way that you can support the show if you, if you love it and want to do so. Okay. I am, I'm done with that. Let's get into organ meats. So uh, there's a lot of talk around 
Oregon meets lately, it's become very uh, mainstream to a degree in the last maybe year or two. Uh, you know, it kind of started a little bit with the carnivore deal as that became a little bit more mainstream, you know, several, six, seven, eight years ago. Um, however, there was a there was a while in the carnivore scene where that wasn't really part of the conversation it was more just uh muscle meat and steaks and burger and then bacon and all that kind of stuff and um there are still versions of carnivore that that adhere to that although i'm not i'm not really sure that i would recommend that for really anybody just because of the the amount of nutrients and vitamins and minerals that are available in organ meats, I just think they're too important to not include, even if you're doing a car, especially if you're doing a carnivore, but really if you're doing any other type of nutrition protocol, um, unless you're vegan, I guess, and then you won't have any of this, but uh, that's a different conversation. But the, the reason that it's been, brought a little bit more to the forefront there are absolutely accounts and and people and influencers that have made it so obviously guys like liver king and paul saladino uh come to mind for um the the furthering of that because they also actually have uh dried organ supplements which um, i'm also going to get into that here pretty soon on whether or not i think those are worth it um but it's become more of a, a talking point lately. And I think that's a really good thing because I really do think that they are is as close to an actual superfood as really exists on the planet because of the amounts of nutrients and vitamins and minerals, you know, in a very small amount serving wise comparatively to, to other things that would get you that same stuff. I mean, you're, you're talking like, gallons and gallons of uh like green vegetables to equal you know a six to eight ounce piece of of liver and uh and that's not really exaggerating either um there really is just for ease of access and and true like what i would consider superfood stuff they are really the biggest bang for your buck and that includes the various ones nose to tail which is a popular phrase uh, that gets that gets used and what basically that just means is you know everything involved in the animal so uh, I mean tongue and and heart and liver and pancreas and kidneys and you know all of these other things are all have their own uh, nutrient profile all have things that aren't included in other things. So that's why it's important to broaden your scope as much as you can. And there's a lot of ways to do that. So uh, that's one of the things I wanted to to go over in this episode was uh, some of the different ways that I consume organ meats in the various forms and uh, the things that I have tried that I that I really enjoy. Um, there are a couple of things I haven't had yet that I'm, I'm looking to find and, and want to try if given the opportunity. But um, there are a couple of couple of mainstays that are pretty regular uh, pretty regular things in the house so I, w- I want to go over those as well um, but before we get to that I wanted to point you to some of the the people that I think are very knowledgeable in the subject whether from a a more academic sense I, I guess you could say with uh, you know the actual profiles and and densities nutrient densities and numbers and all that stuff as compared and people who like study this stuff a lot there's a couple of those guys um dr sean baker's is is one that immediately comes to mind um saladino is actually a a, a great one too um you know with notwithstanding the the idea to 
sell supplements behind it, which again, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But if you're looking at it from a knowledge standpoint, very knowledgeable. But then there's the, a few people that are more in the practical experience, practical application form of this. Um, Tara, who runs an account called Slow Down Farmstead on Instagram, and she also has a sub stack, is such an incredible resource. Uh, I would really encourage you guys to, to find her out and read her writing, and especially if on, you're on Instagram, go follow her and just get lost in the tapestry of all of the information that she's posted over, over several years now. And it's, it's truly amazing. Um, I did a podcast with a guy named Spencer, Spencer Clannon, and, uh, he's another one that, uh, you know, just enjoys and is an enthusiast for good nutritious food and has some amazing recipes and thoughts about all these things and ways that you can do, uh, have different applications with all these things. He's helped me out a ton. Um, and, and so those are who I would point you to, all of them have, are, are good resources for, for whatever it is that you're looking for. So let's get into my my preferred ways. Uh, one of them I'm going to be doing tomorrow, actually. And uh, I'm doing a big slow cooker with beef tongue. Going to do some shredded, uh, shredded beef tongue for like tacos and stuff. And so that's an easy one that you can do. Uh, just put the thing in the crock pot uh, for like eight hours on low and then... When it's done, you you take it out and put it on a like a work working station cutting board kind of thing, so you can take a score and then and peel the skin off of it, and then you can shred it and and put it back in the crock pot with the with the broth or the juices or whatever. So that's a good one. Um, with the broth, that's probably the one that I consume the most uh, because I make my own bone broth, and it is one of my favorite things ever. And from a health perspective bone marrow and and the collagen and the bone broth that all of that works together becomes the bone broth is really just one of the most nutritious things that you could ever consume and uh, I make my own I get you know knuckle bones and and marrow bones and stuff from a local butcher which are fairly inexpensive Uh, I'm sure if you just go and ask they'll usually have some because they don't sell them often and so you get them at a much better price um, but what I do is pretty simple. I will, uh, I actually roast them at 350 degrees for like 20 minutes. Uh, I usually do it with some, some garlic and, uh, maybe some tubers like uh, parsnip or, or anything like that. Um, and then I'll put all of those things with some salt in the crock pot, cover with clean filtered water where it's just barely covering everything. And then put that bad boy on slow and let it go for sometimes I go up to 24 to 30 hours for a bone broth to really let it break down all of that stuff. And then you can dump it through a a colander or strainer and into a Mason jar and it'll keep for, you know, not super long, um, a couple of weeks, maybe at the most, depending on how, how high quality it is and what temperature you keep it at. But I mean, I go through it pretty quickly after that, but that's one of my favorite ways of doing it. And then the other main one is no surprise if you follow me, but uh, a lot of liver. And this is the one that a lot of people have trouble with just because of the acquired taste of it, uh, which I totally understand. It definitely is something that if you're, if you've never had it, it, it should be a acquired taste or will be an acquired taste. But the thing I'm going to say Will probably grow some people out, which it's fine. It happens every time I talk about it. But I honestly and truly believe that raw liver tastes way better than cooked liver. And I know that that sounds gross, and you're all thinking, how can you eat raw meat? And that's the thing. But if it's 
if it's high quality grass fed, you know, local sourced, there's, there's such a astronomically low chance that you're going to get sick from it. Um, I mean like, like basically zero and, uh, it's such a clean source of amazing nutrients and vitamins and minerals and things that aren't in anything else. And so I literally will just chop it up into little pieces. And I usually do it after taking it out of the freezer. I will uh, let it, you know, not thaw all the way because you don't want to just keep thawing and refreezing stuff. But if you let it sit out on a, on a counter or something for like five to ten minutes, you usually can get it just flexible enough where you can break off a piece and then uh, you can let that piece thaw a little bit more and cut it. And I usually like to keep it a little bit frozen still to give it a little harder uh, consistency. It's just kind of like a gummy, really. Um, but another method that I like to do is if it's thawed out, put it in a little dish or a bowl. Um, and especially if this is a post-training thing, which it often is for me, um, I will drizzle a little bit of maple syrup and sprinkle some sea salt on it and i know that's just sounds super weird but i promise you it's so good and i've turned a lot of people on to that method uh that thought they'd never like it but really enjoy um a little drizzle of of maple syrup you could also do honey um raw honey and and a little bit of sea salt and it's i'm telling you it's so good uh and as far as amounts i usually go off a on a weekly number. So I usually go anywhere from six to eight ounces per week. I tend to think of it more like a supplement than a meal. Um, so I'll usually do like one to two ounces most days. And that's not very much food, especially if you chop it up into little, you know, like bite-sized, you know, portions or porcels. It's super easy to consume and just have on the side of whatever it is. And it's not it's not gonna make you full. It's so I just add that into like one meal on on most days when I've got it, and so that's the the way that I think of it with liver. Um, but it's not something you need to like sit and eat a steak size piece of liver and choke that down. It's I usually float around that eight ounces per week. But um, honestly, if you had one to two ounces most days, you'd be feeling really good. And that's the thing I wanted to lead into next was kind of just my experience with it when I really started doing it frequently. And I've always loved uh, bone broth. So once I started making my own, I just really enjoyed it more because I was more connected to it. And I, I just enjoy the sciencey part of messing with recipes and finding out what I like rather than just buying the boxed bone broth from kettle and fire, wherever it is, even though those are good ones. Um, I just enjoy making that kind of stuff on my own. So from a benefits perspective with the bone broth, I usually do f have better digestion when I come, when I'm consuming that regularly, uh, tons of collagen in there is helping joints. Uh, I don't have creaky joints or anything like that, especially when I am still consistent with it. And, uh, and so with, with bone broth, that's been the major thing, but with liver uh, from the two main things that I've noticed are gut health and energy levels. And when I am consistent about consuming uh, liver, especially raw liver, my energy is better than it ever is. And I'm digesting things way better than I ever do. And honestly, I'm not well versed enough in the science of it to be able to convey to you why all of that is every time. Um, but I know that those two things are things that I directly correlate to consuming more more liver. And so that's one of the things that I wanted to make sure you guys know is just that this is based on my experience and all of the things that I enjoy about it. And I wanted to give you some ideas and some frameworks to be able to, to work from. So 
that's basically going to wrap it up for, for this episode. I hope that was helpful. I'm more than willing to answer any questions about any of this. So reach out via Instagram or uh, email, which is always attached in the show notes, and uh, I'll be sure to answer anything I can. So that's all for today. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. I'll talk to you soon.